Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting with author, motivational speaker, and lifestyle blogger, Rachel Hollis. In her best-selling books, Girl, Wash Your Face and Girl, Stop Apologizing, Rachel inspires women to be the best versions of themselves. She's offered strategies on how to approach our fears and how to turn insecurities into empowering forces so we can stand up for our lives. Rachel's newest book is Didn't See That Coming, Putting Life Back Together When Your World Falls Apart. A small book with a long title, but that there's a lot to this title. This book was meant to help others through the crisis, but when you started editing, the, the, there was a bit of a pivot, as they say. What happened, Rachel? Yeah, so I was working on my next book uh, in quarantine, and it just felt wrong. It felt like I, I needed to be able to talk about what was happening to us globally with the pandemic. And so I wrote the first draft of this book, really thinking, you know, I had been through crisis and grief and loss many times, and I thought that I could offer some wisdom to my readers about how to, to navigate mm -hmm. that. And then when I was in the midst of the first edit, um, my marriage ended. So for the first time ever, I was writing something that had this sort of duality of being written from two perspectives, one outside of pain, thinking that I was leading you through, and then in an edit, mm -hmm. writing from very deeply inside my own grief. So this is very much a like, we're in this together, and here is some of the wisdom that I hope that I can share with people who are going through something similar. Well, um, just talking to some of my friends that are lawyers, the statistics are high when it comes to divorce during lockdown, and it's very, uh, it's a, it's it's a big number. And uh, absolutely, so it is good that you didn't, as you said, put that book away and think I'm not going to finish this book because you thought about that, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I didn't want to, uh, frankly, kind of be in what I'm in right now in this week where every single press interview I'm doing is asking about this, right? And it's really hard to, to mm. do press and talk about one of the hardest experiences in my life and also to be able to navigate that and to speak truthfully, but also do so in a way that is respectful of Dave and the father, you know, he's the father of my children and he's my co-parent yeah. and we're still a family as we move forward. And so trying to navigate that well is extremely difficult. Um, so there was a part of me that hesitated in, in continuing the work, but I thought, man, if you don't, if you don't speak truthfully about this, then you would be losing a piece of yourself. And in a year where we've already lost so much, I, I just, I couldn't lose that too. So you say, I will uh, not ever again in my life cover up my pain to make other people feel more comfortable. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Women do that, especially women mm -hmm. who happen to be mothers, right? Yeah. Because I, I look back Absolutely. at my mom. She did that all the time. And then when time went on, I became an adult. I went, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about your marriage or those thoughts. So was that like a moment uh, soon after the split was announced to others? Or did you have that quiet moment go, I am never going to cover up again, ever? Yeah, I mean, I think that that 
coming to a decision that is this um, life-changing, right? And is um, Mm. breaking apart something that was incredibly important in my life and also making a decision that would break the hearts of my children um, is something that I grappled with for honestly years. And once I made that choice, then I couldn't go back. And I thought, if, if you're going to have to go through all of this, then what is the lesson inside of this process for you? And that has to be that I refuse to live life in the way that I was, which is, you know, there were parts of us, there's so many good parts of us that worked so well. And then there were parts of us that were deeply unhealthy and no amount of goodness can cover up those parts that are deeply unhealthy and making a choice to not go back to that um, was very conscious and was very difficult. And the best that I can do from here on out is just to try and learn from that experience and not Mm -hmm. do that again in my future. All right. Now I'm going to ask you as a woman who's been married and divorced twice, I come by it honestly. Did you see it coming or not? Um, When you look back and reflect. I don't know if this will make sense, um, but I would say that uh, my heart could see something before my head could. Mm -hmm. Um, if, If it's like you feel it in your, in your gut, in your soul. Um, and I think, you know, what we're seeing right now, you talked about, um, divorce rates are, I I heard the other day that something like they've increased by 37% inside of quarantine. And I think that's because the distractions are removed. Right. And so all the white noise, all the things that were kind of covering up what the parts of us that we don't want to look at that was removed. And when that's removed, then I could hear my heart again. You know, I could hear that still small voice telling me that that something here was not um, ever going to be um, healthy unless I made the choice. And so, um, yeah, I think somewhere deep in my gut, I did know, um, but it took a very long time for my head to catch up. Well, it does, as you say, because you're so busy with life. You've got kids, you've got a career, you've got, you know, maybe it was a bad day. And then you say to yourself, well, you know, you know, it's okay, right? It's, it's just, it's just right. one of those moments that we didn't connect. Um, right. And then not until after that you look back and you go, okay, there was a flag there, there was a flag there. The flag. And it's not even about them. It's about how right. you feel. And, and that's that covering it up. Right. That's covering it up. So, so you made the decision, um, but I'm sure, you know, um, did he see it coming? I mean, I'm, it was probably the most difficult conversation they ever had. They're not easy. Did he feel the same no. way or am I asking too much? Um, no, I mean, I, I think that he has publicly been very open about this on his um, social platforms, but no, this, this was not something that um, he was interested in um and Uh, and to his honor like he would have um fought for this for the rest of his life um and i think that i i really know in my heart that this was the right decision for our family and this was the right decision for us as individuals 
And I don't think Mm -hmm. that we will see how that manifests until time has gone by. Um, But I just know that what it was, was not something that was healthy for either of us. Right. And then you don't see that until a little later on. It's like you already had that decision made and it's catch up time takes a little bit longer. So perspective, you know, you've got a chapter about perspective uh, and anyone that's listening to you right now and looking at you right now, you know, uh, changing up your perspective in a difficult situation. Talk us through that. Yeah. I mean, so perspective, I think of as the way that you see what's happening around you. Like we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. We see things through the lens Mm -hmm. of our experience, our family history, our, like everything that's happening to us right now, we're filtering through our own set of experiences. And what I talk about in the book is just this reminder that or, or maybe this discovery, if, if you're not aware, that you are in control of your perspective. There are ways that we can shift our perspective. There are ways that we can see pain as, you know, find meaning inside of pain, even if it's difficult to grapple with. There are ways that we can do that, but it takes owning that you control the way that you look at the world around you. That's so true. So are you being your best friend and sitting across the kitchen table and saying, okay, this is, this is a tough time. All the noise is away for the most part. Now you're focusing on you. You talk about fixed mindset and growth mindset and on that kitchen table thing, which I think is a wonderful thing, talking to yourself as your best friend. Tell me some of the words that went by or the exchange of dialogue. Well, I think what I have focused on most in this experience is um, making sure that I am emotionally, mentally, physically healthy enough to be a good mama for my kids. Um, You know, this is obviously something that's really painful for us as an entire family. And what does that look like? And how do we navigate through that time? And how do we make sure that they're you know, doing the best that they can in this situation. And I think oftentimes women, especially the obsession becomes, okay, how do I, you know, really make sure, like, I'm really focused on the kids, but you do that to your own detriment. So you'll run yourself ragged, you'll run yourself down to empty, trying to make sure that they're okay. And then you get sick, right? Then you, um, right. you know, experience exhaustion, you experience um, just a total sort of break with your ability to show up well for them. And so um, I'm really focused on something I've taught for a long time, but I'm really focused on, okay, how do I make sure, you know, meeting with the therapist, getting time with my girlfriends, making sure that I'm moving my body every day, you know, doing things that make me feel Mm -hmm. good in my workouts so that I can be strong enough to keep showing up in the ways that I need to. Yeah. You have to have good habits, but there, I'm sure at the beginning, as we both have experienced, I'm sure you did too, the, the, uh, there's a bit of, I'm going to say this in no disrespect to anybody. There's a bit of relief, but there's a bit of, there's a lot of mourning, the mourning of what we experienced, the mourning of, and sometimes I would have to say tough to get out of bed, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, There is a, I mean, there's an entire chapter in the book where I talk about how important it is as parents to keep showing up for your life. And I think, you know, on the Mm -hmm. days that the kids are with me, 
right? That that is they're they're there and they can see, and so that's easier to do. But I would be lying if I said there weren't days where you know I cried in bed all day. And I also think that there's um, you have to do that. You you have to like I if you're not processing the pain that you're feeling, the grief, the loss. Like if you're not processing that, for me it's divorce. For someone watching, it could be illness, or you lost your job, or um, you know whatever it looks like in your own life. You have to allow yourself to feel the pain of those things. And I think the catharsis in letting yourself cry, right? Letting yourself be angry, letting yourself, you know, experience and express the stuff that you're feeling in a way that's healthy um, is essential. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely essential, or Mm -hmm. you are not going to be able to get out of bed because you're not really um, processing what you need to process. Sometimes people want to be alone for a while. It's hard to do that when you have kids, but when you are alone, um, uh, you don't want to get together with girlfriends. I think those are normal kind of reactions just to, because you see, I think we, we do sometimes is we lose ourselves and we're mm-hmm. trying to be that thing. And now we're, Oh, we are now with ourselves. I think I did 10,000 steps in this house. I'm not kidding you walking around, pacing through talking about this. I remember sitting with a, with a, um, uh, a, a, my laptop and going, um, what would you like to talk about today? Right. And I thought I would like to talk about and then just focus on one thing, just that kind of, you know, bring it down to you and you only. And it may not be a great conversation. This book is so helpful to so many people because, you know, we also have to deal with what other people are going to say. How did you deal with that being a public figure? Well, I knew, I don't know, I'd be so curious to hear your perspective on this, but um, I knew that that was going to come, right? I I knew. um, And in fact, what I find so interesting about the backlash is that the sort of overriding emotion of people who who were upset by our divorce said that I was a fake. Like that I was so fake and, um, you know, that my marriage seemed so great and I was just faking it and all of those things. And I think, God, this is the most authentic decision you've ever seen me make because I made a decision that allowed me to be true to myself at the risk of my community, my brand, my family, my friends, the public scrutiny, like it, this is it this is the most truthful thing that I've done because I'm choosing to be truthful about where I am rather than keep playing out a narrative that makes everybody approve of me right so right. I right. I knew that that would come and it certainly still hurt because it's always hard I think when women are the harshest to other women but ultimately mm-hmm. um you know, the public isn't inside of my home. They're not inside of my relationship. And there's no way that you can ever presume to know the truth about someone in every way based on the fact that you follow them on social media. So um, I'm going to just keep showing up as myself, take it or leave it. Yeah. And I understand yeah. that there are some people who, who want to leave it and that's fine. That's fine too. I had a friend of mine say years ago, you know, that what a beautiful house and what a beautiful door. And they open up the door and then they shut the door. You don't know what's going on inside that person's house or how they're feeling or what they're doing. It's that persona, you know, it's that, um, uh, I have to, I have to kind of 
makeup, but not makeup, but this is what I want to be with the public. And this is how I really feel privately. Now, who would you give this book to? Who would you give this book to? So I feel like, honestly, I, I truly wrote it for anyone who feels like 2020 has been difficult. I mean, I'm using experiences of my own life, the, you know, the death of my brother, um, my breakup mm-hmm. of my marriage, the hard things that I've gone through, but it really is just about dealing with any hardship. So it's for whether you're carrying pain from a past experience or you feel like you're going through something painful mm-hmm. right now, that's who it's for. Mm-hmm. And so when you finished the book and you looked at it, because it was a pivot right before, right? Um, do you feel that this book was helpful for you to feel better? Um. I mean, I think it was definitely cathartic, but it's also painful. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredibly painful mm-hmm. to write down those stories. Um, it's mm-hmm. painful. You know, there are stories that I tell about my parents. And in order to mm-hmm. tell something like that, then you have to have a hard conversation with your parents in advance so they understand what's about to be put into print. I mean, there's a lot that goes into being able to tell a lot of these things. Um and I think there is a release in that, but I'm still definitely inside of a painful season. I think that when I look back on this work, when I look back on this year, I'm going to feel really proud of of having put all these words down. Um, but I wouldn't say that I'm feeling great just yet. You 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 really um, focused on courage in this book. Tell tell people what why you focused on that and why that's so important? Well, because I think that when something incredibly difficult happens in our lives, uh, we feel inadequate. We feel like there's no way that we are capable of handling this situation. I mean, I think that a lot of us felt like this in, you know, 2020 with the pandemic and, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a business owner and, you know, lots of other business Mm -hmm. owners are experiencing this and courage looks like you not moving through life without fear. Um, uh, there's a quote in the book, uh, that I reference, but it's, it's that you are choosing something as more important than your fear. You're saying Mm -hmm. that, man, I am afraid, but I'm going to keep showing up. I am afraid, but my children are counting on me. I am afraid, but I have to be a strong leader for my team. And if you look at history, the courageous were not necessarily the people with the most resources or the most skills or the most experience. Um, There are just thousands of examples of people just like you who found the courage to keep showing up or to do the right thing or to stand up for what they believed in. And when you're going through any kind of crisis, it's important that you remember that courage is is in you, but it's going to Mm -hmm. take a spark to ignite that and you choosing to move forward despite feeling afraid. Another one that I love, I I always say, hey, the show must go on, right? The show must go on. You're just saying, just show up. You don't have to be the person that you were before. Just be present. Right. Well, and I think that's something that's so interesting that happens to us inside of 
an experience like we have gone through in 2020 is that, you know, everyone keeps talking about like when, when things go back to normal, when things go back to normal, we're not going back that, you know, Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. this now, this is our world. This is your life. And I think there are still a lot of people that are just hoping that they're going to, you know, sort of sit this one out and then life will go back to a place where they can kind of understand it and grapple with it. And that's just not true. This is your life. You get one chance to do this and you cannot sit it out because you're unsure of the future. You know, everyone keeps talking about like the future so uncertain. It's so uncertain now. It's so uncertain. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The future has always been uncertain. The only difference is that now you're aware of it. That's it. Mm-hmm. We have never been mm-hmm. in control of the future. We have only ever been in control of ourselves and our response to what is happening around us. And that is just as true today as it was in February. This is right. your life. And so you have to choose to show up despite the fact that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. And and try not to have a negative spin, but I so agree with you on that. I'm going, no, 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 it's going to be a little different. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, every day we learn something new about ourselves. It's just baby steps. Uh, and it's just, uh, but I don't know how. And you you, you really, uh, uh, really, I, I have to go, oh, I didn't know I was like that. I didn't realize I was like that. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, because I haven't had that noise, as you said out there, to, to take up my space that was really for me, you know, and it's, it's really an interesting time. It's such an interesting time. Resilience. Let's talk about resilience. Resilience is you standing back up, right? It's you, it's how it's that you stand up and go again. And it's also how fast you can stand back up Mm -hmm. when you get knocked down. And I think that that is what will come out of this experience for all of us if we are willing to look back and see how we have grown. How have we changed? What have we gained from this experience? The worst thing that I could imagine for us as a global community would be to go through something as life-altering as 2020 and have gained nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's talking about, you know, they can't wait till New Year's. Man, they're tired of this year, tired of 2020. Like, let's get to 2021 as if on December 31st, we're going to snap our fingers and everything's going to change, right? Like, don't miss the opportunity. And a lot of times, the greatest lessons we learn in our life is is through pain. We experience something Mm -hmm. painful and on the other side of it, we see, oh, that's, that's what I got out of this. So, yes. you know, I like, yeah. I have a tattoo on my wrist that's going to show it backwards on the screen for you, but it says embrace okay. the suck. I've had that for a really long yes, time. Yes, I see that. Right, I, I, it's I a choose it. joy even when life sucks. So it's, it's embrace right. the suck is even better. Right. It's, it's <laughs> like, because every hard thing in my life, like has always given me fruit. Every great thing that I have achieved that I have gone through always came on the other Mm -hmm. side of something difficult. You know, you look at like Mm -hmm. giving birth to a child, you look at running a marathon, writing your first book. I imagine that so much of the success that you've experienced in your own career is because you worked your butt off. And there were times that you were tired Mm -hmm. or exhausted or Mm -hmm. dealing with pressures, but you kept showing up. And that's why you get to experience the fruit of your labor. 
but it does come through something difficult. It, It really does. And not until after you go through it, you think about it every day. And then one day you realize there's a day, like it was in the car one day, I went, I never gave it one bit of, I didn't, I didn't take up rent in my brain on that relationship. Good for me. I haven't thought about that. Or I haven't, I haven't done, gone down that toxic and potentially negative vortex that we can go into. However, you're right. You do find after you walk away, that's why 2020 is okay. Cause you got 2020, that's the vision. 2020, that was the break that went on, the reset that went on, the pivot that went on. And I hope people take advantage of that. So Rachel Halls, what, where are you now in your journey? In my journey, um, you know, I'm still in the midst of a divorce process. That is a very long mm-hmm. road. And um, I know you've experienced this and maybe other viewers have experienced this. So I would say, that maybe you understand what I mean when I say that, you know, some days I'm like, okay, all right, we're moving, we're getting good. And then the next day it feels like it all goes to hell in a handbasket again. Um, So it's a, it's a hard, it feels like a slog right now. It feels difficult. And, um, you know, doing this while raising four children, while releasing a book, while running a company, all of these things that I'm navigating, um, 2020 will be the hardest year of my life, you know, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it will be the best year of my life because I am choosing mm-hmm. to allow the pain of this year to grow me into who I am meant to become. You're always a joy to talk to and always so helpful to other people. And I so appreciate it. Thank you for sharing. And of course, you've got your wonderful book. And we want to talk about this too. Where do we follow you, Rachel Hollis? Where can we follow you? Uh, so my favorite social platform is Instagram, but I am Ms. Rachel Hollis, M.S. Rachel Hollis on every social platform that you can find me. But I hang out most on Instagram. So we'll talk in about six months and we'll see where you are and we'll compare notes and you will get through this. We all do. We all do. Thank you, Rachel Hollis. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for your time. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 